Is that a song from the 90s? That, uh, I think is from the late, mid to late 80s. Mid to late 80s? Really? Yeah, I want to say so. Because 90s music is popular again. What 90s music? Just all 90s music. Like, is there, like, whenever there's a new take on an era, there tends to be a certain amount of revisionism, right? Like, what's what's changed about the past? Music-wise, music-wise. Yeah. Now, um, there's some bands that have kind of lasted in the '90s, but one of the things I think we've we've talked about that's, um, I don't know, maybe a little strange, is that there's a certain only a certain crop of bands really endure from the '90s. Um, I mean, of course, there's the ones that kind of fell by the wayside in, in very unfortunate ways, like Alice in Chains, and uh, we've talked about bands like that before, Nirvana. But like, um, there's also a lot of bands that were pretty ephemeral. Some of the songs, some of the hits of the night. I mean, that's true about any era, I guess. But don't you think, like, um, like I was speculating about where Candlebox is. I mean, you probably should tweet that because probably nobody's ever done that for Candlebox ever. <gasps> do you think? Do you really think that? Like, okay. Uh... I think so. Um, and speaking of '90s music, we live very close to not very close but close to eddie vetter from pearl jam we live in uh 90s band um yeah that's he lives in west seattle we live in the greater puget sound we do um and okay so uh what um how popular is Pearl Jam today? I think I remember we 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 uh, took a look at their movie um, before, but like you know, Pearl Jam twenty that was twenty eleven. So I'd say not popular enough. Okay, but I mean, like, um, like what's the most enduringly popular nineties band? Mm, that's a good question. I don't know. I just know that nineties music is very popular, and it's. When I I can put the oldie station on and it's nineties music and I like that because I can listen to the radio again. I haven't listened to terrestrial radio in forever and now when I put it on, it's songs that I like, songs from my childhood. You know who I I feel like at least in the Chicago classic rock station, Stone Temple Pilots were an early arrival. By the late nineties, early zeros, they were already on. They were I guess just kind of like you know, power chord rock enough that they kind of just faded into the, you know... The drug sunset. Like, all 90s rock bands. <laughs> you don't have your soundboard up? Are we a little rusty? Yeah, that that's... I should have it on the other screen, I That's guess. why we're calling this podcast not a comeback. We just had a four-year break. <laughs> How long has it been? Since our last podcast. The last podcast, I think, was published on, like, the last day of uh, 2015. But that's just the off the top of my head. Um, uh, we, we could look at the site to make sure. But We're going wild with no show notes. Yeah. No I have a whole bunch of stories saved in uh, my pocket <laughs> app. Uh, like, you know, we can, we can go through, like, uh, let's see. And I don't have um, my glasses on because I can't find them. And I went to the eye doctor. And guess what? I need bifocals or 
transitions. Um, that kind of makes you. Is that a brand? Out. Isn't that a brand that had a ton of commercials for a while? And aren't those? Isn't that based on like light and dark? They had those really stupid commercials. Yeah, I think they kind of. They probably like I don't know actually the story, but I think it's maybe like the more. I want to say like a Kleenex term now for like blended prescription. So I look far away and I can see. And then as I look down. Closer, I wonder if they're recommending that those type of glasses for more people now. Yeah. Well, so I got contacts that are um, essentially like transition contacts. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of nice actually because I have such a strong prescription. But here I am at 39 and... I'm getting transitions or bifocals. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> well, a lot of people wear glasses and different types of ones. I I don't know. I found some pretty cool frames. I've I've heard of a lot of different online frames. You know, Warby Parker's. I got that was my last pair. Mm-hmm. Now they have like brick and mortar stores and. Very trendy. Um, mm. Of course, my optometrist has some ones. And then Erica is recommending some other cool ones. So, <coughs> excuse me. Uh, well, I guess Warby Parker is one of those many companies that kind of took off on the um, uh, the podcast advertising kind of scene. I mean, they probably had mm. other channels right away, but like there's so many of those of those businesses right and like there's this so-called podcast boom that uh of of this this modern version of it because there was like what there was the early mid-2000s kind of music podcast kind of rush and then late 2000s comedy tons of comedy podcasts I mean, there were tons of others of course the whole time but i mean you know what i mean like there were always tech podcasts i guess and then like uh and even really early on but then um there was like comedy podcasts. Now there's like serious podcasts, mm-hmm. right? Crime podcasts and uh, dramatic podcasts, right? That's become like a big thing, um, you know. So, I mean, you know, I mean, I guess it's it's a broad market, and there's a lot of different things. Some of it seems like it's kind of just NPR content that they put in like um, pod form and just put out there for people, and and it's kind of transferred the popularity of NPR and with a certain segment of people over to that, but. Uh, you know, it's like, it's like, I guess, I mean, a lot, a lot of, a lot of celebrities, you're saying kind of like everyone has a podcast, right? Like people, people, a lot of people do it. A lot of people are starting podcasts, you know, and then they're announcing it. And here's the other thing that I think people are doing that I think is a good idea. They're doing like a six week podcast or a 10 week podcast. So there's, they're not committing to it full time, but they're kind of like doing these short little runs, maybe on a topic or a series of topic or around something, and just kind of seeing like traction. And I thought that's kind of cool just to test out something like this with your audience. Like, hey, you know, let's see if this is worth it. And, and also for yourself as a creator to be like, yeah, what does it take to podcast? Because it takes a lot to podcast, you know? I mean, that's why I think people are kind of jumping into it because it's, it is relatively easy to set up and get going, you know, but it takes just the same amount of time as if you were blogging or whatever. But now, right, people are multi, way more multitasking and they're way more, you know, shutting the rest of the world out. So if they're walking around Green Lake Park, for example, they have a podcast in their ear. 
you know, if they're out running, they have a podcast. If they're on the bus or commuting or in the car, podcast, you know. There's this whole, like, no wasted time. Yeah, I get that. And, and, and then also, you know, even if you're just sitting and listening, like, I don't know, like, I guess I used to listen to more podcasts than I do, but I still listen to them at my computer sometimes, like, in the background, stuff like that. When I'm out, I do listen to them, but I guess I, I listen to music also. Um, like, uh, and what, one of the things I've found is that the current version of the Apple Podcast app is really buggy. And, I mean, my phone has its issues, but it seems like it seems like it's just really, it freezes constantly. Do you use the default Apple Podcast app? I do. IOS? I do. Um... I guess, I don't know, my, my thing with them is, like, I'll get these weird floods of notifications from them, you know, like, like they kind of send them all at once. you got to gate how many podcasts it downloads per episode, or it just downloads, you'll have, like, 34 of them or something. If it's, like, a, God help you if it's daily, but even if it's weekly, like, and you don't pay attention to it, you have to go into settings for them and... and limit how many it downloads and for someone like me that has a whole bunch and i'll come in and out and listen to some like i used to be a a regular listener of of more podcasts now i really kind of just dip in and out of a lot of different ones maybe i'll look at what they're talking about or whatever um you know i mean the thing is people only have so many stories to tell and then they start saying the same shit over and over and i i'll often remember what's already been said so i mean really you can only you know, I mean, you know, some like comedy podcasts try to be unpredictable. You know, like, uh, I guess I, I still, I still tune into the Simply Don podcast, uh, uh, Simply Don the podcast, because that's like what's left of the big three. Um, you know, they, uh, that, 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 that podcast isn't going anymore, but like, that's sort of what's left of it. Some, yeah, they're kind of like bands, you know, like, everybody wants to start a band. Some bands stay together longer than others. Yeah. You know, some bands, some podcasts have been around since the 90s and they're still going. There's, there's like, there's some long running like Linux others. podcasts and stuff that have been around since like the primordial age or whatever. Yeah. But, um, and, and it's interesting, right? Cause people kind of, they start in their lane and they kind of keep going. Right. So there's podcasts that started during the current kind of like, um, storytelling podcast boom and there's ones that are from the comedy boom and like you know like there's just certain things but they almost all try to sell you fucking um, mattresses or some shit you know it's, it's like a well, predictable yes. bunch of advertisers and advertising is just horrible horrible on all media you know like all that we want to do is engage and read content and here you are trying to push things on us you know there yeah. you go yeah, um, let's see. So there, I can adjust the uh, bond. You know, yeah, I mean, I, I am definitely not a fan of advertising. And I think there's become, like, a level of immunity, like, herd immunity to the, the podcast. I mean, to advertising, right? To podcasting also, probably. <laughs> but to, to advertising that, like, they just keep raising mistakes and trying to make it more obnoxious. And it becomes an arms race. And then, you know, yeah. like, they're putting ad blockers in default in browsers now, which is actually a good idea, obviously. But, you know... I know how many mattresses and boxes were sold because of podcasts. <laughs> I wonder. Would you buy a mattress in a box? Um, I mean, I was actually looking at them at Costco, so I'm not the person to ask about that. Probably, you know, like. Can you lay on them at Costco? 
I mean, the ones that they were selling at the kind of prices I was interested in, they were just basically set up in a row, you know, and people were just grabbing them. Like, remember, because they didn't even have a queen and they had king. I mean, I don't know. I guess if you took it off the shelf um, and laid it on the plastic or something. No, but you know what I'm talking about. It's not set up like a mattress store. It's more set up like... Just pick up your mattress and throw it on your car. Of course that's how it's set up. It's of course. Okay, I just, I didn't know. I didn't know. I mean, it's a mattress. The mattress is for you. Um, they, you know, here's a little bit of candle box in case people are wondering what even I was fucking talking about. What is a candle box? It's a band from the 90s. Um, they're, you know, hip for 10 minutes or something. I don't know. Um, you know, I, I, I actually say, I, I, we could, I mean, you know, I'll let, we'll, I guess we'll leave it as an exercise of listener to dig into, uh, Candlebox. Um, but that was, um, they, they had a couple hits. I think they had one song that was actually a little more popular than that one. I think of that as their signature song, You, but, but, um, this was the one that I think made it on the radio for a little while. You might, you might remember a little bit of this. There you go. And they're building, right? It's one of those uh, one of those power ballads in the nineties, uh, you know. So um, you know, it, well, it kind of builds. Good luck getting tickets to Candlebox. They're coming to the Paramount Theater in Seattle, Saturday, July twenty first, two thousand eighteen, and Sunday, July twenty second. Should I get you tickets? Mm, no, I don't think I'd really be that into it. But here's what is also crazy. They're also going to be at this thing called Point Fest with Alice in Chains, a 90s band, an 80s band, a 70s band. Alice in Chains was mostly 90s. I think they might have started in the late 80s. But Lane Staley's dead. It's not really Alice in Chains. Stone Temple Pilots. Scott Weiland is dead. Weird. It's not really Stone Temple Pilots. I know they had like a. I know they had a ringer for a little while, but it's really not. The same vibe. Well, I don't know what that and is. And Candlebox. Yeah, and I don't know how many original members are that, but no, but the other quote-unquote bands they have, I mean, it's like, it doesn't make me even think, I wonder how many, I don't really know, um, you know, I, 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 I just think that, that that's not really, like, like not having those members, it kind of doesn't seem like the same. Although I will say that Jerry Cantrell, the guitar player from, from, uh, from Alice in Chains, is a great musician. But I don't know, I mean, I kind of think, Maybe he could tour as Jerry Cantrell, but I, I know, I mean, Allison James is a bigger name, right? But I mean, like, uh, he even had some solo stuff um, when Allison James was kind of falling apart. And I mean, so I just, I don't know. I, I think, I think maybe them. So what, what is this festival you're thinking here? Well, so it's, I'm sorry. I just got deep into buying tickets now. So I think it'll be fun. It's called Point Fest. Doing, you're critiquing the UI. Um, Point Fest. Point Fest. It's at the Hollywood Casino Amphitheater in Maryland Heights, Missouri. Oh, okay. That's not too close to where we are then. Uh. Wow. <laughs> but they're coming. Just Candlebox is coming to Seattle. So that's exciting. Okay. Tickets as low as $46. No way. I don't think that's worth it. I, I mean... was going to get the $183 ones. <laughs> yeah. Orchestra level. <laughs> Um, okay, so this is the rest of their tour schedule. 
They're starting off there in May. Then they go to Arizona, Louisiana, Baton Rouge, Louisiana, Biloxi, Mississippi. I've wanted to go there. Actually. Washington, Pennsylvania. Good old Seattle, Washington. Because aren't they from here? Oh, well, like a lot of '90s bands. <laughs> No, because it was it, because they wanted to discover more. Because there were a few early huge successes, right? Nirvana and Pearl Jam. So they kept trying to discover more from the area, and it was it kind of just became more and more. They go to every shitty bar in Seattle and they just try to be. sign the band. Because I mean, Maryland Heights, Missouri, Scottsdale, Arizona, Baton Rouge, Louisiana, Biloxi, Mississippi, Washington, Pennsylvania, then major U.S. cities: Seattle, Washington, and then back to. Camas, Utah, and then Louisville, Kentucky. Well, I don't know what kind Camus, of circuit they're on, you know? It's it's hard for me to say. They're on the 90s band circuit. You know, um... When I when I when I when I mentioned when you know um I, I was thinking about power ballads I mentioned power ballads I, I I gotta admit like the one from the um the Squidbillies is a, is a classic remember the uh the the Squidbillies power ballad. Let's see if I was gonna play it I think I'd have to uh, I can't I can't push it through to the speakers so I guess I could just go. Yes this this computer doesn't exactly have a great speaker but. Guess I can compromise. So, um, I want to. I also. I mean, we have so many stories here at Paco. We've been overflowing um, bunch of stories like self storage. How warehouses for personal junk became a thirty-eight billion dollar industry. <laughs> Come on, you want to talk about fascinating? But so, this is an article on Curb.com. What's up? No, I just think my favorite thing ever is that when we were looking for storage units, I, of course, asked one this one lady running a U-Haul up uh, in the northern part of Seattle to tell me if she ever ran into anybody living in them, because it's, like, always in TV shows. And <laughs> she proceeded to tell me, yes. <laughs> yeah, she was not encouraging. She also said said that she was disappointed with the condition of her stuff after having used a similar unit, which didn't really speak to, to to like I don't know. Oh my god! I okay. I had pulled up a list of the H ones, hundred greatest songs of the nineties, and I seriously have like a memory about all of these songs. There's not a song that I don't. Well, no, they were popular here. songs and at the time. I don't love. I mean, I don't love all of them. Like MC Hammer, you can't touch this. But like, man, when that came out, oh, oh, oh. I mean, like, look at MC Hammer now. Sad. Well. But back then. Infamous, very, very quickly after Hammer being famous. Barbie doll, or just an MC Hammer doll, but you know. Um. You know what I always wondered is they, you know, the, his famous song was just a, a total um uh, 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 sample of a Rick James song. Yeah. No one ever really talked about that. And they talked about all the other songs of that era that were just total grabs of, of you know what I mean? The, like samples and stuff. Like, I always wonder how he skated on that, you know? did is, Am I am I missing like something? Like, what did, what did he, how did he skate on that one? <laughs> I don't know. Um, yeah, um, I mean, uh, like, like, like really what, what songs, list. what do you, what, no, what do you, what, uh, what's, what songs? I mean, number one, obviously Nirvana, amazing, smell like Teen Spirit, um, 
But, I mean, it's really interesting. So, like, I see songs like Backstreet Boys, I Want It That Away, which is 1999. And I don't feel like that's really 90s music, the 99ers, you know? Like, they're, that's pretty much, that That was a different shift in the vibe. If you compare... Oh, you mean, like, all the boy band stuff got popular at the very end? Oh, no, that's why like, we had good music when we were, like, in junior okay, high. Okay, like, um, and again, like, R.E.M., Losing My Religion, 1991... Pearl Jam, Jeremy, 1991, like, yeah, deep into it. A lot of more set, you ought to know, 1995, we're deep in the middle of that, like, whoa, 90s music. And then you're like, okay, Red Hot Chili Peppers, 1991, see, like, I'm early 90s. I'm, I'm liking the early, That's those are my favorite. Mbop, Hanson, 97, pfft, no. You know, Celine Dion, Dion, My Heart Will Go On, 97, no. Beck, Loser, 94, deep in the middle of that good 90s jam stuff. You know what I mean? Black Hole Sun, Soundgarden, Eminem, My Name is 99. Again, don't consider that really like 90s. Yeah, I mean, I know, I, I, I think you know I'm I'm uh, pretty firmly anti-Soundgarden. Uh, I don't like them. But I like all the other bands that you said you liked. Soundgarden. Um, their music isn't any good. <laughs> uh, Google Dolls is on here. Iris, Color Me Bad. Oh my God. That that band was pretty whack. I like some whack bands. Spin Doctors, man. This is crazy. Uh, I Who oh Spin Doctors. That's... Shania Twain. <laughs> Marky Mark and the Funky Butch. I'm not not a fan of them, but I, I do have a weakness for Shania Twain. Jewel. Not a, I mean, she's pretty Allison talented. Chains. We're only at 50. Let's see who's in the, the lower 50, shall we say. Oh, Tupac, Sugar Ray, Naughty by Nature, OPP. Come on. I know all the words. I instantaneously know all the words. That's scary. That was a it was a big hit at the time. I don't know. Where, LL Cool J, Mama's Adventure, that, 1990. That is, you think of that as being in the night. Okay. And you see, like, you feel like, like, like the late 80s. Well, it has a very late 80s production sound, though, uh, you know. I, I wish. Weezer, Buddy Holly. I mean, these are always, like, their, like, number ones. Weezer's a, Weezer's a pretty typical band. Um, yeah. Uh, this is good. The President of the United States of America. Like, the, what happened to them after their Peaches song? Well, that's another late Seattle band. That's another <laughs> band that was... Uh... They didn't make it out of that mid-1995. They didn't come out with a good second album until, like, what, 98, 99? But by then, we had moved on to dance music. Sorry. Will Smith? Oh, my God. I forgot that he used to do music. You know what? You know what? You know what I think Remember of Will Smith's corn? music? What? Na 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 na. Marcy Playground. Oh yeah. Cher. Chris Frost. Cher. She was still doing it. Well, Cher is like a you know Cher spans all eras of pop music. That's you know she transcends like one era. Cypress Hill, the Cranberries. Yeah, she's Liz Fair. Did you hear that Dolores Arena from Cranberries just died recently? Very Are you recently. serious? Just recently. Few, uh-huh. Last few months, yeah. Um, what? Of what? 
I'm not sure. Oh, that's so sad. Pouring out for her. She was a big part of my early soundtrack. Oh, that's sad. Let's play some cranberries. Um. Oh, yeah. See, Dolores are reared in cause of death. People are searching it. Um. I, uh, what song do you want to hear by the Cranberries? You choose. I'm afraid I'm not able to choose. Why? Not a big listener of theirs. Don't know what to pick. Just, you know. Close your eyes I could pick something. I could pick the first thing off Spotify. Okay. If I remember right, this song is a slow builder. We better jump in. We were so sad in the 90s. We were in dresses and combat boots. It was a, it was a, an interesting time. I'm super sad to hear about this. I'm yes here, yeah, April fifth. There you go. That wasn't very long ago. It's actually right today. It's April nineteenth, twenty eighteen. Just after midnight here on the West Coast. Yeah. Well, um, I guess uh, we could uh, find another story because the self storage one doesn't seem to be a big <laughs> sell for you. <laughs> um, let's see. There's. Um, I mean, what? I mean, what do you want to um, talk about? It that. Let's see. People are making some... money off of storing their shit. No, nah, it's not. No, but I mean, like, um, we haven't seen we haven't seen oh. a lot of episodes of hoarders lately, have we? So, yeah. Um, so, uh, you. So, Alexa, <laughs> what is the current price of Bitcoin? A man suspected of masterminding the theft of six hundred. Shut up, Alexa! Alexa, shut up! I don't know why it's it's. I didn't ask for news about it. <laughs> A man suspected. No, Alexa, shut up! Alexa, stop! I I don't know why it stepped out of line like that. I all right, so I guess I can just go to Coin Market Cap or uh, or actually I'm gonna go to BlockFile.com, and uh, that's my blog, and it'll it'll have the upper left there via Coin Market. Cap. Okay, eighty two fourteen Bitcoin, and my file five index is right now ten sixty two. So not only is it back above a thousand, but it's well above a thousand after being down below eight eight seventy five uh, in the last. Uh, you know, month plus, like, so it looks like there's a bit of a, an uptick in the crypto market. There were some real bears. It, what's really funny is that Bloomberg published a, I mean, it was just a thinly veiled rewrite of a Bank of America press release, but they published it under their brand. They published Bitcoin, the biggest bubble in history, they claim. They, they said, quote, you know, uh, is, is, is popping or whatever. Like, I hear, let me look it up. Those and bang VP are shitting in their Brooks Brothers right now. <laughs> that Now that I actually have the soundboard up, I gotta use it. There we go. Um, 
Uh, yeah, I mean, like, it's really funny because that was when it was hitting at those lows. It was down at those those low numbers I was talking about. Um, here, yeah, this is April 9th, 2018. Uh, uh, quote, Bitcoin, the biggest bubble in history is popping, unquote, is a is a headline on Bloomberg. But um, the actual first sentence uh, is, is uh, quote, the greatest bubble in history is popping according to Bank of America Corp, unquote. And then it says, the cryptocurrency is tracking the downfalls of other massive asset price bubbles. So, so the idea is they're convinced that this is just, see, where it's going straight down. And they're just, they're plotting it, you know, to continue to fall down like that. But the problem with that is that it's going up uh, a, de- a, a decent bit, like 10% plus since they said this. So... You know what I mean? Like you said, they really, I think they could be kind of concerned. I mean, I, uh, right in the fall, Jamie Dimon attacked it. And then it, I think it might've gone down for a day and then it just kept going straight up. And he actually said later that he, he, I think he said he regretted talking about it or something, you know, because it became this thing that obviously hurt his credibility to talk about, you know, but there, there's Bank of America trying to pile on every time it goes down. And it's like, you know, it's it's interesting because you see someone like Paul Krugman, you know, a guy who I always like I was into his, uh, you know, his columns and his, uh, you know, his economic analysis uh, for a lot of things. And he, I mean, he's a Nobel uh, uh, or well, whatever, Swedish economic prize winner, whatever the technical name for that award is. And he um, he actually, you know, he's a really I mean, like he was really at the forefront and then. He kind of went crazy for Hillary Clinton, anti-Bernie Sanders, for, for whatever reason. It was kind of like, aren't you just kind of like, you know what I mean, a columnist? But he was kind of nuts about that. And now he's kind of gone nuts going after Bitcoin. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it'll go down, he'll tweet, like, he's glad. Like, what? what? Why would he? You know what I mean? Like, there's a certain kind of, like, rooting for this thing to fail that doesn't really make sense. Like, like that in the sense of, like, obviously he has a partisan, or not partisan, uh, a rooting interest, uh, you know, a kind of identification with the conventional system. But the fact that he's that on the hook for something like that and unwilling to look, you know, think more broadly about it. And he's really, I think, the preeminent modern economist. It's just, it's crazy. You know, like what? And I mean, like, okay, in all seriousness, like I, um, Joe Stiglitz, that makes me think like these economists that I thought were these amazing economists. And I suppose, and you know, they, you know, they were in their, in their time. Uh, Joe Stiglitz was, went on, on the TV and did this rant about Bitcoin. And, you know, it's funny when, like, I mean, like somebody like Krugman, I mean, he'll say he doesn't like it. I mean, he has, I mean, he can say that, right? It's not really, it's kind of, he can, he can say whatever he wants, obviously, but that's a reasonable position. But Stiglitz and people like that, um, Charlie Munger, the, uh, the number two guy to, uh, Warren Buffett, they talk about like, well, they need, he's like, he said, they need to step on it hard. Like, what, you mean they're going to make it so that you can't, you know what I mean, you're not, it, it, people aren't allowed to use it, you know what I mean, instead of regulating it and finding a way to, um, here we go, here's here's Joseph Stiglitz, uh, another prize-winning uh, major economist. successful only because of its potential for circumvention, uh, lack of oversight. So it seems to me it ought to be outlawed. Uh, It doesn't serve any social useful function. I mean, like, are you serious? Like, like, he really thinks that, like, obviously, I mean, it's a cryptographic asset that if it were 
quote-unquote outlawed, I mean, what, other people in other countries would be able to benefit from it and Americans wouldn't? Or, I mean, obviously some people go underground, people that weren't, you know, willing to, you know, go along with the, whatever, the ban or the law. I mean, obviously, I guess you could do that, but do you know what I mean? Like, that, it wouldn't be good for the the country. I mean, it wouldn't be an advantage. Like, what... You know what I mean? Like, these people are so entrenched. They're so willing to attack. What about people have a stake in it? What about, like, is it doing, but I mean, like, what, what do you, what do you think? Like, do you think that, um, what do you, what do you think, like, the, the medium term cryptocurrency is going to be like? Do you think that there's going to be more, like, direct commercial applications soon? Or are we still in this long gestation period? Like some people say, like, it's going to be, it's still going to be a few more years before there's real mainstream uses. Like, what, what do you think? Um, I mean, mainstream uses are just kind of stupid and boring, you know, because it's going to happen, but it's more about getting the support for the technology and supporting the idea of it in general. Like, once that's on, then of course everybody's going to want to do it. And people are already, like, ready to go with it. You know, that's already built into so many places I see already. Like, as, as soon as the consumers accept it, they're ready to go. But all these people right. are, are bashing it. And there's nobody, I feel, from the Bitcoin community that's coming out and saying uh, the opposite. And, like, in multiple places, like, that's the tactic that they're using. You know, you can have multiple people standing out for it, talking about it. Yeah, shout out to, like, Jack Dorsey and Square because they're they've been, like, you know... Um, moving toward it as Stripe seems to be skating away from it. So and I think that's affected the way I look at those companies. Sir. Yeah, I, I mean, it, just not not just from one industry, right? So, like, other industries need to say, hey, we need to allow this technology because there's a lot we can learn from it, you know? Like, it's it's shutting down innovation otherwise. Yeah. Like this whole circumvention thing. Like, well, oh, nature finds a way like what are we circumventing and why well, people we, fuck we're circumventing the bullshit that's what we're circumventing yeah he, i know? mean i mean you're you're so right but also i mean it's 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 uh it's that's where it's going i mean it's like it's it's like there's all these unnecessary middlemen and and uh go-betweens and and things that could be abstracted away with a with a with cryptocurrency model you know and like and then the other thing is, right, there's that idea, there's a certain group of people that want to say, oh, yeah, like, this is really useful, but we're going to use blockchain and we're going to do it in this corporate safe way and Bitcoin is bad. And it's kind of like, well, is that true? Because isn't Bitcoin like the biggest proof of concept that blockchain has so far? You know what I mean? Like, you can, so it's like, it's a balance. So there's, there's a lot of technology out there that's interesting, but... Yeah, I guess it's as a cultural phenomenon. I think that's what I, I it's, it's happened is that like um, the technologists really jumped into it in the last couple of years. And I think they're surprised the mainstream isn't following them this fast. Is, is that, you know what I mean? There's well, a... I mean, really, though? I mean, they're threatening banks. I mean, we saw who got fucking bailed out. And know? so the banks are trying to make the public think that this is like, this pirate ship or something totally. instead of like there are bad actors but there are also real um uh idealistic people and also just reasonable business people that want to build and new models more efficient things banks are fucking stupid they're a fucking bunch of old ass thought ways anyway so let's not follow the banks people yeah seriously 
Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, so so as you see these seven-day charts, that stuff has gone up. I mean, yeah. again, it's, I mean, right now, it's, to an extent, it's speculative. But, you know, the, this, this speculation drives the news, right? So it's like, you know, we'll, um, we'll have more updates at blockfile.com. So um, you've been listening to the new episode <laughs> of the djmcloud.com podcast with me, Dan McKeown, and with Jessica McKeown. <laughs> the one and only. Well, actually, there's a lot of Jessica McKeown. Well, I was going on yeah, a bunch I, of things. And of I was like, whoa. And I was just like checking them out. They're kind of cool. There's a lot. Of, it's, a, it's, a, it's an Irish and, um, and uh, yeah, like Northern Irish name. There's, there's, there's quite a quite a few yeah of the, of the people with that name that's true so uh we do we did um grab up jessmckeown.com though so you definitely uh um should check out her, her website um because she's uh she's got a lot going on it's like it, it moves fast so if you want to see it you know if you want to see a little window of that you can see the the website because there's um there's uh there's a lot of a lot of areas where uh where Jessica makes an impact. She's in the she's in the wellness field, she's in the marketing field, she's in the social media field, she's in a lot of places. So you're gonna I'm in the energy field. The photography field. <laughs> there's you know, it's just it's quite fields. a lot. So yeah, um you you can find out I mean, you know, like I said, like it, it moved, a lot a lot of developments, but that that's like might have a little snapshot of what's going on depending on where you're li- when you know, when you're listening, where you're listening from. Um, and, uh, you know, the, the show is still in iTunes. So, you know, um, I, it's, it's like when you, when you go look at it, you know, there's a few that have higher, that seem to have higher like numbers than others. I'm not really sure what, what makes a hit podcast, but, um, we'll, uh, I don't know. We'll, we'll put it out there, see what people think. And, uh, you know, I wish I only knew your 